commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From Starlight Beacon, I'm Grex Kondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your trusted homeland news service providing in-depth coverage of the latest stories from around the galaxy. Welcome to a Reading Raftar special. And now, the host, Ben Grant Adam, to discuss Star Wars, The High Republic, Fallen Star, by Claudia Gray. All right. Thank you very, very much, Grex. Uh, welcome everyone to a special edition of Core World News. This week, we are hype, hype about this book. We got another book coming out. I uh, love going into the High Republic and um, getting wild, getting totally wild. Um, Fallen Star, uh, I hope you've got a chance to read it. If you haven't, there will be spoilers, possibly immediately. I don't know how this one's even going to go. <laughs> it, it'll immediately. It'll be yeah. quite early, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Pause now. So, Pause now. Book. You know Come what? Back. No, we can do a general summary. No, no. <laughs> Sets it up before. No, spoilers. we should no. do a general summary. You're right. All right. Yeah, All we right. should do a general summary. There will be spoilers in the general summary. There's, it's kind of hard to not do that. Do you want to tackle that, Grant, or um, would you like me to? So do before that? spoiler wall, I guess we could say, um, uh, <laughs> Ru- while ruthless Nile attacks uh, around the outer rim um, caused the Jedi and Republic forces to to Enter a state of disarray and scatter. A far more sinister plan unfolds on Starlight Beacon. And and, and striking fear into the Jedi Masters charged with safeguarding the station, you could add. Yes. That's before spoiler wall. Yeah. Okay. Right. Spoiler wall up. Now I'm going to finish that summary. (laughs) Everyone dies. (laughs) Yeah. All you need is an extra sentence, and it's the complete plot of that that book. I'm going to get at Claudia and be like, your body count? Like, she has the biggest body count, highest body count of any author in any, like, single piece of media ever. Next episode three, this is, like, the bloodiest... Thing we've seen oh, for Jedi. Yeah, that was pretty. I, mean, I, but I still think we see more. I think we see more die. Dustiest. I know. <laughs> yeah. I love how we're reporting from Starlight Beacon. Ashy. So I guess we're like underwater. <laughs> yeah. We're doing yeah, it as I we're mean, entering. Yeah, spoilers. Uh, this is the last time we'll be broadcasting from the beacon. <laughs> yep. Because <That is laughs> yeah. we're basically using a dagger to find it in the surf. <laughs> and. <laughs> going inside and using know, what, what consoles are still back to, uh, operating. Oh man, yeah. Oh, this is, okay, this is a ride. This is a ride. I do love how it began. Um, I really liked Elzar Man in this book, um, and his journey in the surf. I like. I I like the character of Elzar Man quite a bit for a main, yeah. you know, butt chin character. He's like, it's dynamic, and I love that he's like growing and evolving and learning about himself and the Force. Um, and he's flawed and he's dealing with it, but it was like, he, you know, in the last book, he, um, in, um, that accident on Vala, what was that one called? Rising storm, rising storm. Yes. Yeah, rising storm. Yeah. He, um, you know, he used the dark side to like throw a starship or something ridiculous. Yeah. Like, he's he, fighting yeah. in that, the, the attack on the fair at the yeah. end there. The Riding area. dragon oh. and throwing starships yep. and stuff. And he was like, I need to check myself. Um, and so he does on this one, which is kind of interesting. I'm surprised he had, they actually followed through on that. And he goes to a you know an island planet, a planet with all water and one island. Hmm. And he, Sounds familiar. Does yeah. a little bit. And, and convenient for him too, because it's it, because he's kind of reserving his 
connection to the force or kind of turning it off. Um, yeah. This book, he's kind of he's 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 not aware of the presence on Starlight Beacon that is taking out Jedi yeah. after Jedi, and it's 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 convenient for him. It's it's actually a, a kind of defense mechanism for him in this book, which is why he survives it. And it's quite yeah. astonishing. He makes it through all the way because um, he was getting to a kind of, he was teetering in the last book. Um, yeah. yeah. I love the, I love the, um, I don't know what you would call it. It's not a metaphor, but his, uh, his relationship with water and the ocean, we see him in the first book, right. just like mm -hmm. floating and meditating in the ocean surf, just being one with the waves or whatever. I don't know. I just like that iconography. And then he realizes, like, well, no, it's not all about, you know, like, releasing. It's sort of, like, working with the Force. And he's, you know, even as, like, an elite Force user of all the Jedi in this high point in their history, um, he's still learning about, you know, the fundamentals of the Force. And that stuff I could read for days. I love learning yeah. the nature it's, of the stuff. It seems like in that uh, in The Rising Storm where he's meditating underwater, I guess it's not meditation. I think it was just doing what came natural to him. But in this book, he is meditating with Orla Jereni in the beginning. And uh, yeah. yeah, trying to do a handstand in the surf and just getting knocked over. And she's like, you know, the force is like the ocean. You can't control it, which is a great sentiment yeah. coming from her. I really love yeah. that idea. That was a great analogy. Yeah, I mean, second to that, and what it made me think of was um, Luke's teachings to Ray in last um jedi exactly yeah. and I, yeah. I really actually thought that was the most yep. beautiful teaching i mean obviously yoda's and empire strikes back is the you know um pole star but they you know they, I, I really loved the way that they're like this is how the force works this is you know it breathes yeah. there's good and bad you yeah. know death feeds and that, that, that comes up death. again later with orla and stellan too so orla is sort of as a way seeker, as someone who's a little bit yeah. going a little deeper in the force and has gone you know to distant worlds to understand it and learn about it it's she seems to be more she seems to have a greater knowledge of what it is and and, and as far as control and whatever right. there is. which i think is really the through line at least through this first phase right in that what we're seeing i think is that the jedi our main jedi have been part of this group that just doesn't have any connection to outside of the outside of their own sect right and i right. feel like they're starting to it's interesting because i feel like they're actually getting really close to the jedi we see in episode you know in the prequels even though we have hundreds of years to get there right but orla seems to be the one that has like the truth right this idea of of it's it's you can't put these strict rules on top of it Right. Orla's kind of the closest to like an Ahsoka or a Qui-Gon sort of. Mm -hmm. She's just like the force is what it does. And I go like literally she's just like, I'm going to walk down this corridor because the force feels like it's bringing me there. I don't know why I'm, I'm just going to walk and like it's going to take me somewhere and I'm going to go there because that's the force as well. Um, I do want to circle uh, before we get like down this rabbit hole of death. Um, <laughs> I, I just like. I think early on we had all sort of described er, like our favorite Jedi of the, of the higher public. And yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Adam loved Yaga uh, Agaburi. Yeah, that's correct. Grant, you loved um, uh, Stella Maru. Stella Maru, yeah. Yeah, and yep. Orlo was an early favorite <laughs> of mine. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to just plant that seed and then yeah. we'll table it. We'll put it over there. <laughs> all right. And off we go. 
Yep. <laughs> well, we do get some of Stala Maru in this book, which yes, I yeah. loved. I just loved every line from that character. I mean, it's devastating later in the book when you find out that, that when they're severed from the, when there's a split and you kind of don't, there's the yeah. teams are divided. You, you learn a lot of damage has occurred up in that, the top part of the tower. Yeah. And, yeah. So we do get a, a severing before the, you know, the starlight beacon, you know, fiasco well the the ultimate end we we learn that it splits and there's a top half and a bottom half i don't really know how that works um and, but pretty much the second half of the book concerns everything that's going on in the bottom half but we don't really we just know that the top half exploded and there was some jedi involved and estella maru was, yeah, the one. was on board i believe in the explosion so I, he went down with the ship you're yeah. suspected to think a lot of these characters die but there are ancillary books there are comics there is other material still that, i'm guessing that's gonna be that can pick up in and around this this story yeah. there's still a lot in phase yes or, I, or in I think the comic three. book is gonna the main Marvel comic run is gonna tell that story. Yeah, I agree. For the main High Republic run, that character was designed for that run. I think for that, yeah, their, yeah, it's his story to be in that run. Right, and Avar seems to be more in that run as well. Avar yeah, Chris does. Um, Which yeah. is fascinating to me. It's fascinating that they put like a comic book story at the top of the tower and almost like the novel, it deals a lot underneath in that yeah. other section. I mean, and it's it's, it's really kind of... telling because when you when you when you read it, you're like, we're just skipping over what's happening <laughs> in a whole section. Yeah. Like yeah. it feels very like if you didn't know this was part of a larger publishing like storm, yeah. you would be like, wait, what, what what's happening? Why why are we not talking about what's going on right. over there? Yeah, right. That They're seems very predicated too. on what came before. Like you need yeah. to read Rising Storm to even understand what's going on in this book. Um, and even the comics, I would say, add yeah. to that. Yeah, it would be tough to sort of. I mean, so I started going about. I think I was a quarter of the way through, and I was like, I've been holding off on the comics. As people know, we've been sort of waiting to do full comic runs before we um, we report on them, which is like. I don't know how that's going to go, but I was like, I so I'm like, I have to catch up on the High Republic because I don't want to miss anything, and I wanted to see where that story was going, um, and it doesn't lead up to this moment. It gets close. Um, yeah. And they, they essentially this book tells you kind of where the comic runs going, or what ultimately happens. Right. Um, but do you think the story will pick up during this book and then move yeah. into territory I mean, after? The I think book? yeah, the comic book run will. So, I think it's it's going to end in an issue or two. Yeah, and the title, I mean, the title of the current run is Jedi's End. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, that'll be fun, actually. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I would actually, I would get behind that. Um, I don't know. We'll talk more about th this whole, like, how they're treating the Jedi. It's like, again, it's like another story of watching Jedi be incompetent and fail and all die. It's yeah. like Jedi emergency right? response. You yeah. Know for how many pages and it's yeah it's a lot it's it's, a, it can be frustrating at times right because you you have grown to love these characters you know they're very intelligent but they have such blinders on that you're just kind yeah. of like it reminds me sometimes of like i and we've talked about in the sh in the podcast where my least favorite trope in, in tv or movies is any situation that can be resolved with just two people having a quick conversation right um right and so some of that happens here too where i'm like oh if you would just share some information like we would know what's going on but i know yeah. and it like if you're gonna set that up it would be so rewarding like i i think it's just like my general psyche right now but 
I, yeah. Can I just watch a show where all the good characters don't get totally owned and die or like yeah. no blood is Trey? I just feel like it's over and over. And so in this, I was like, come on. I'm like these people, I can see you all have the pieces of the information. All you have to do is communicate and then you can beat this threat that's coming your way. And it just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's especially interesting too, because we, we now know that there are three phases to the higher public story which makes sense star wars likes to tell things in trilogies yeah generally you end your first part of a trilogy on a high note right like that's like lord of the rings star wars right you have a major victory this felt like the ending of the second part of a trilogy yeah yeah my big my big prediction (laughs) it's gonna get worse i think it was it has to it doesn't do any real mirroring of light of the jedi either Really, no, no, in no. a lot of ways, and I was like, I, in terms of a disaster, sure, there's a disaster in response, but um, I really thought Avar Chris was going to play a huge role in the third book of this first phase, yeah. mainly yeah. because she plays this massive role at the start of all of it, and I thought there was some battle meditation was going going to occur during the attack on during the sabotage oh, yeah. of Starlight Beacon. Yeah. I, I, I think really well, think, like, yeah, sorry. I really think this book is the first, like I, this is the first book of the second act, correct? Or this no, is the last? No, this is the, the third act? book of the first act. Oh, this, these first three books are almost the first film in like a trilogy. Yeah, correct? exactly. Yeah. Okay. I, I think what we're seeing is I am all for this multimedia project, right? Where you're telling stories through uh, adult books, uh, middle school books, young adult comics. I think it's working really well, but Part of the issue then is you have to peel away certain things to go into these things. So so the mainline books, sometimes I feel like it underserves certain characters because this character is being focused on over here in this comic or this other book. Right. So it's like it's it, you know, it gives with one hand and takes away with the other. Right. When it comes to this multimedia project, if you're not fully in, it can be a bit confounding. And that's why we're here. We're yeah, here exactly. Shepherd, we are, if you don't we want are to watch fully all, in. We will. We are doing it all. Yeah, we will. To yeah, give you every gritty detail of this whole thing. If there's any piece that you don't, you know, don't have time for or don't have the money. I mean, it's expensive to buy all these comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we will walk you through it um, when when those things happen and and keep you abreast. Whatever piece of this you like, it's all worth reading. It's all really, you know fun um but it's it's also depressing you know it's like even you know i was thinking this was kind of like the first act of empire strikes back where it's like okay but still like the good guys find a way to escape but like if this was empire strikes back every it's like all your main characters got eaten by wampas like that's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's true yeah well the villain like only, kind of only like a couple of people made it off the hop. celebrated in yeah. some on some distant world it's it was just yeah, there wasn't any retribution. Like we didn't get back to, you know, fighting the main villain in any way. It just felt like just loss after loss. It was tough. This is Markeon Rose big W. I mean, his first big W. Um, in real dark territory for Star Wars as real game to go. Honestly, yeah. this suicide attack. They even name it in this in the book at, at one point. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's interesting. Too. Suicide sabotage. You know, attack on. The tower. Yeah. But he's also gotten much better with his attacks. Because remember in the first book, yeah, he he sacrifices 
dozens upon dozens of Nihil, right? With that, with the with the jumping thing yeah. at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Three Nihil die yeah. to to pull off this scheme. Yeah, right. Like he's gotten yeah. Yeah. effective and scary to a point where, although the voice, the vocal performance may not feel frightening, this character <laughs> is very frightening. Yeah. No, listen, I'm talking about this being like a downer because the bad guys win, mm-hmm. but I, I would be, it would be not inauthentic, but it would be wrong of me, I'll just use plain words, to uh, to suggest that I haven't been asking for this book for a very long time. It's right. very, it's not, it's not like, you know, polished up for Disney. The bad guys win. It gets super dark. Main characters die. There is a a real threat. Like you, this is the, I mean, you might not be with me on this, Adam, but like, this is the, the, the most scared I've been for like a star Wars villain about a star Wars villain since the Yuzhan Vong. Yeah. No, I, I really only read the beginning of that, that arc, but I was like, Oh, as soon as you take away the force, these people, you know, they're floundering. They, the Jedi have no idea. Yeah. Side note: I just started uh, book one of Force Heretic, and I have four more books left in the <laughs> in the in that in that uh, uh, can, oh, that old canon arc. Um, no, yes. I do agree. I I mostly I sometimes joke about the choice of the vocal performance, which is not how I visualize a person, but like I think I, I think he is. I mean, I mean, I don't know. How do you end this book? And go, yeah, what a poser, right? Like he, no, he did great. it. Like he, he has, I mean, the, the closest anyone else has gotten to this. I mean, he's gotten the closest to, to Darth, to, 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 right? To Darth Sid, uh, Sidious. Sidious, right. He's right? one step ahead that. of the heroes, right? It's like a handful yeah. there. It's and like he's not, movie, he doesn't have the force as far as we know. He is just a right. regular dude. Well, so that's I think there is mirroring in this series, but the mirroring is with like the original trilogy, because essentially mm. the, the dark side killed the good side's Death Star, right? Their Death Star. Oh, interesting. I think yeah. the one weird part of this, though, is he's he's almost too <laughs> removed from the plot. It's almost like Jigsaw from Saw, where he's like watching monitors of yeah. the horrors and atrocities throughout the book. And it to me, I was like. It just, it just felt like um, it's just a matter of time. It's a matter of time until we find this guy and get him. You know, well, I really thought he was going to get taken care of by the end of the fate of the first phase of this of this of this series. Yeah, um, I'm okay because no, he has to set up a droid army and then and yeah, then yes, be the first yes, droid right? army. Exactly. So I'm happy to be wrong because I think there really are like slowly building. That's the other thing I appreciate. That's kind of the organic tissue. That's the connective tissue we all want to see, right? Is like, where did the Trade Federation get this idea for a droid army? Like, how does, Mm -hmm. how far back does that span and who was the first person to do it? Yeah. Right. And I love they were like kind of illegal then. And he was just like, you know, going against the whole thing, even though pretty sure the Nimodians still have like the, um, the trade federation ships. I think they mentioned them in some of these books. We and, see know. them. And I think one of the comics, like, the comics. they definitely have them. They're around. We uh, hear them in the audiobook, but I'll move on from that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that though. I think that the droid reveal stuff is kind of later in the yeah, book. It's it is. I, I, yeah. Point being Mark Yon-Groh is a fantastic villain. He's yep. a, right. We've been, we've been begging for a real threat and he's clever 
and he's in ways that Sidious isn't, you know, it's not, he's not just like another Sidious clone. Like he's, he's a guy, he doesn't, you know, wield the force, but he's pulling strings. And um, I mean, and he's smashing senators like while his plans are going on, like, you know, (laughs) he's kind of a great villain. Which is anyway, it's weird to think that that person's related to Han Solo's ex-wife, but that's some weird Star Wars uh, connection. (laughs) (laughs) That's a weird sentence. Um, But, you know, oh yeah, Garrus Staros. Just yeah, Garrus Staros. Yeah, yeah. She's related to the Son of Staros. I mean, great, 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 great aunt or something. Okay, all right. Um, But I will say this, like I it's it's a unique character. It's a character we haven't seen before in Star Wars. It's not a dark side user. I'm kind of appreciating how, if you were to think about it, he almost feels like the spoiled, like if you're looking at like a high fantasy novel, he feels like the spoiled prince of yeah. like an evil king, except but he, he, he can yeah. super, care, but he's but he but he has the like the goods along with it, like he can actually get stuff done. Yeah, it's really he's merciless. He's just like yeah, yeah, it just thwarts people. Um, and, but and then also there's the new Eye of the Storm number one that I think just dropped. This last week, which gives us the origin of Markian Rowe. And oh. you kind of find out he comes from like a kind of like a, a warring, you know, culture. Dog yeah. dog. Do you learn about his species? Yeah, you learn about his species. You learn about his world. You learn about Asgar Rowe, his, his mother, yeah. everything. You learn about oh, everything in this, in this comic book. It's a two-parter. It's a, kind of an interesting yeah. structure. I, just I, I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Yeah, so. I have a feeling all these comics are gonna these are gonna end in like the same month, and we're gonna be like, it's well, gonna be comic palooza. It's gonna be interesting. <laughs> the, the the higher public stuff, which they are taking a bit of a break, they are gonna wrap up uh, wave three in April. But there's still like a lot of comics coming out. There's a there's another book that came out alongside of Fallen Star Star, which is the Mission to Disaster. That's right. Yeah, by yeah. Justina Ireland, which Justina we'll read Ireland. and we'll report back. But it's I think it's the young. It's it's a Vanestra Rowe is in there because she was missing from this and I was yeah. like, is, oh. like yeah, yeah not enough war angle not enough Orbelin in this book um, uh, you know but, but hold on hold on hold but you know you know Porter Angle is getting his own comic I know I'm oh. deservedly <laughs> so I mean during a uh, wait that uh, character's incredible phase it's two a prequel comic too right it's like when I he think was so. played far down yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. that's yep. awesome yeah that is awesome. How he, lear- he learns how to cook, maybe in this comic mm-hmm. as well. I'm here for that. Yeah. That sounds so much fun. Wow, they're really going crazy. I didn't know all these comics were coming out. Those are going to be fun to read. That's I- next year or next fall, I think. That's it's a during phase two, but yeah. I didn't know about that Vern Rowe book, man. That'll be good. And then we've got another sort of mid. Uh, Daniel Jose Alder has a yeah. book coming out yeah. that's awesome. Uh, all right, Midnight so Horizon. Midnight Horizon, oh, yeah. Midnight Horizon, that sounds incredible. Um, the, the cover art's great. It's just like two dark hooded like Jedi yeah. figures. Jumping, jumping back chronologically, we have we did the Elzar man Orla Jereni meditating on the beach. Yeah. Um, then they link up with uh, <laughs> with Chiod. Wait, what did you think of that reveal? What did you think? <laughs> oh yeah, that was a great reveal. He's like, is this an altar or something? He's like, should I kneel and pray? Yeah. He's like, I see you found the navigator, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I'm great. here yeah. and again. I don't want to like. I've said this a million times, but the rock jokes, like Claudia <laughs> Gray and her rock jokes, yes, yeah. they it's, just it keeps on giving. It really does, and every joke is a different take on it. Like it's just. Oh, it, yes. it weirdly doesn't feel like 
yeah, you know, there's some jokes that you know are funny and then stop being funny and then come back around to being funny again, <laughs> which you would think this would be. But it is funny every time because it's always a different take on it that I'm just loving. Yeah, but she's if we so have to good. interact with him at all, can you leave that to Geode? I know he doesn't like Lynn any more than we do, but Lynn can never get a rise out of him. <laughs> Not that the man hasn't tried. I mean, <laughs> I know it's amazing. They hint that she that he's flirting with a married woman. Yes. at some point. Yeah, like, it's yeah. just That's so incorrect. good. Uh, yeah, guy gets jealous because Geode is like moving in on his wife, and it's like it's yeah. a whole scene, and he sees there. it. And they're like, Vindians don't like mate with other species. Like, don't worry about it. Like, he wouldn't do anything even if he could. And it's just like, <laughs> but, but then, like, to her side, she's like, oh, God, he's on the prowl again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's really yeah, even Leox knows he's like, oh, he's he's doing his thing. He's... What's amazing about the joke, not to like overanalyze a joke to kill it, but like, so Claudia Gray does two things in here. And one of them is she will do internal monologues or internal observations that are punny right or that are just kind of based on like just really funny which you can totally do in a book it's probably you know it's all just dialogue it's really easy to do not easy but you know what i mean like it's it's, it lends itself to a book she does visual gags where you can almost sense the camera cutaway do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Where yeah, like, no, I it's very cinematic. It. This it's entire a cinematic joke. It's a cinematic, cinematic. joke oh. that just works. And it's really impressive oh. because you read it and you can visualize the camera cut over to G. Yeah, there's even a scene where like astromechs gather around Stellan and it felt very yeah. cinematic. I, I have all of these quotes. I, all right. <laughs> he stood upright with a jolt and saw that the ramp was down, and he was being watched. Geode stood there, expressionless, oh, yeah. never turning away from Coley Lynn. It's a rock. <laughs> I heard a rumor you've taken on oh, other work. Coley Lynn. I don't, yeah. We need to talk yeah. about this guy. Do you, <laughs> I'm not sure I would be there any more than one ship in the galaxy willing to hire a rock. His jibe had no effect on Geode's hard-cold stare. Hard-cold, hard-cold hard, hard, stare. And, and so since we're sticking with the Coley Lynn stuff, like, don't, forget, don't forget, like, one of my favorite things in movies tv video games is just a quick draw contest mm -hmm. yeah. and we get a quick draw contest with a rock basically in this yes do you have the quote <laughs> after after geode kills holy <laughs> later coley lynn kills himself oh yes that was my favorite yeah yeah do you have that one Ben? um oh wait uh yeah hold on stand by Sorry, this is just Sorry to put you on the spot. Uh, we can carry on chronologically mm -hmm. until you um, find it. Um, so they meet up with Geo Leox. Uh, there's Nile attacks going on around them. All right, here it is. Coley collapsed to the ground. The last thing he ever saw was Geode standing over his head, just like a tombstone. <laughs> just like a tombstone. <laughs> yeah, just like a tombstone. That's right. Like literally like a tombstone. He is yeah, a tombstone. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It works on multiple levels. Oh, I love that so much. Okay. Yeah. No, I every time more than a little guffaw. I, and so, trying to explain that kind of humor to your wife who doesn't read Star Wars books <laughs> is really quite a thing. I'm like, but it's hilarious. Oh, uh, you know what? You know, bless you for trying because I just <laughs> kept that one to myself. I chuckled a couple times because I was listening or reading in bed. The yeah. car was like, what? I'm like, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're like, oh, how do I even? Unless, unless, are, are you having trouble falling asleep? Because I didn't explain it to you and you'll be asleep in five minutes based on how long I take to explain jokes. Yeah, I think that joke would just fall flat. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I was trying to make a rock joke there. I can do it. Almost. Yeah. So you get a lot anyway, of geode, like, though. And you get geode throughout this book, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. 
we get the we get the um we get the whole crew of I can't think of the name of oh the the vessel, right? The we vessel. have mm-hmm. Appy and named ship Appy in the, the galaxy. Yeah, Appy yeah. Hollow and and uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, and I mean Which he, he actually, does do the all right, all right, does all right, all right, all right. He does it in there. this book. Yeah, I yeah, nice I really like that crew and I like the characters and I like that we get the closest thing to Han Solo we're gonna get in these novels, which. You talking you know, about Geode again? It's kind of yeah. what the sequel trilogy. <laughs> the strong silent like, type. Yeah, just a fun smuggler. Like yeah, Yox is that in every way. It's just a really fun character. Yeah, it's kind of what we were missing a bit in the prequel trilogy, right? You don't get a lot of oh, like, yeah. regular that. dudes, like re- not right. dudes, but like regular people, or you know. And so I appreciate that in the story of Space Wizards, we have this crew yeah. wandering yeah. around. I like the Adrians too. I'm glad they brought them back. Yes. Yeah. Pika yeah. and Joss. Yeah, who were uh, part of the short stories, right? From the um, yeah, the Star Wars the, Insider. Star Wars yeah. Insider. Yeah. And I, and I think they were they had a large part in Light of the Jedi as well. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. First, Kevin Scott book. Who wrote this? Who wrote Resident Storm? Uh, oh, Kevin Scott. Kevin Scott. Wrote. So who wrote the first? Did you write the write no, the first? Kevin Carl Sewell wrote Kat, the first. Oh, Sewell. Oh, Sewell Scott, and then now we have and Claudia Gray. Yeah. Okay. Which are like your three heavy hitters. Nothing against. Yeah, By the way, yeah. Justine Ireland and 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 Daniel um, Jose Daniel Old. are amazing, yeah. but those three, the other like adult novels they've written in the Star Wars canon are just amazing. So it's just really, yeah. yeah. I mean, the prose around like the catastrophe in this book and like all the the mayhem happening on the station is gorgeous. Like, yeah, beautiful descriptions. Um, yeah, I mean, it was tragic, her. but it, I mean, there was a lot of feels in this book because of like, it was just like one heartbreak after another. But it was entertaining, too. It was a, yeah, I, very tense. And like, I, the, I felt like the station was falling apart around me, like as it was. Yes. It was pretty oh, second half of this book. I was just just yeah. mowed through. I just I yeah, I, I fl- like killed it in the sitting. It was just like. I, yep. I had to keep reading. I was like, you can, like, what what happens next? And it was um, I don't know if you noticed this book was cut like way the all the chapters were super short and they just jumped around from point of views um but it was it was cool because it it was so fast and it was very consistent through the whole thing um so it kept you it it really moved quick i think because it skipped around quickly and we we get to starlight and we get like bariaga um belzedafar their masters nibasik and dira stokes um we get a new jedi um Oh, I loved him. Reginald Cole. Yeah. Uh, he's he a really fun Jedi. Like, he was a Jedi. I was like, this guy's hilarious. This mm-hmm. guy is like a bright, like, you know, leader in the order. Like, he he seems to get things done. Like, he just, I loved this character and then taken away way too quick. I was about to say. Oh, yeah. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> yeah. I know. He was a Jedi comedian. And his yeah. thing was he taught, um like, super younglings. Yeah, yeah. He was like, like crash. Let's go back to in, crash, guys. In the crash, back to crash. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he. I don't know. It was he, he had one line, and I thought I saved it, but I can't find it. It was something like, "You try to like wrangle a bunch of newborns that realize that they have magical powers," and I was just like, "Ooh, <laughs> that is a total horror movie." I, it's terrifying. Think I just <laughs> think about raising one that doesn't have magical getting powers. Getting choked, like yeah. That. Stop. I know, right? Um, but I want to mention because you, you, uh, Grant, you had mentioned Bell Zedifar, and and that was my way through the second half of this novel where it gets really grim, 
is we also see the rise of a new hero. It's a, it's right? a tough, tough look for Bell Zenifar, though, I must say, because why Dearest Stokes is like, look at the cargo man. We still have to like look at all the cargo manifests before we do anything else. And then like the disaster, oh, right, right, right. disaster happens. Like he's just about to see like what everyone brought or like analyze what everyone has brought to right. the station. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I mean that happened many times though. There was so many yeah. like, oh, I'm just gonna investigate what's going on. Or the or the yeah. droid. It's like there's a little droid cutaway who didn't realize what was being left out of that. But but like Bell's out of our past that like has a hero moment and we see him. I mean, I'm I'm surprised it didn't end with him being knighted. Right? Yes. Like he like yes. this was a, a Jedi Knight move in the last third of this book mm-hmm. of just like, nope, I'm doing this, I'm gonna save everyone. And um, I mean, I'll just we'll we'll call it now because it's telling about it. like Bariaga Agaberry, you know, like we can talk about it now if we want my favorite Jedi. Oh, I, I was like, I, you just see it coming. And I'm like, no, don't kill the sensitive yeah. Wookiee. I know who is like, yeah, again, your faith. And I, I guess, you know, Asterix, to be we he has not died. And they mentioned that he has not died in front of anyone. I believe in Bell Zedifar. Bell Zedifar believes Zedifar he's alive. Believes he's alive at the end. So, it says, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And he the, learned his lesson yeah. from Loden Greatstorm. He's exactly. like, you know what? The if force I, is telling me Loden was alive and I ignored it because people told me to ignore it. He's like, I'm never ignoring these feelings again. And yeah, he we we witness in really beautiful way a you know a, a Padawan really becoming a Jedi Knight and like what it takes yeah. to sort of have confidence. Like we see his confidence build. I thought it was kind of I mean, I wasn't Loden gonna make him a knight before Loden died? Yes. Yeah. So I was like, that's kind of a ripoff. He's like kicked back down to Padawan, like, you know, for Indira Stokes and he's doing manifests and stuff like that. Like I thought he was already there, but like now, you know, Claudia showed how he earned it. Like, yeah, I think I think the loss of Loden really showed why he wasn't quite ready. You know, Loden may have thought he was ready, but he just I don't think he was until this moment. Right. Like he was he needed that that confidence in himself. There were a lot of Jedi doing weird, like technical chores in this book, though, too. So, like, I wouldn't I think in this book it was just merely like, yeah, he lost his master, so he's not going to get knighthood. But. His his uh, Indira Stokes believes in him, I think, in a, in a major way. But oh, yeah. again, she, she gets partially him. she gets partially husked in this book, and it's <laughs> partial husked. Devastating. Which is what happened to the Tarek and Sarah too. We, well, actually, yeah, that in, in the other. comics, yeah. But apparently, it's yeah. You know, we we. But they are. I'm curious to see what that means, like to get yeah. partial husk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happens to you if you just get like nibbled on, but like not the yeah. things don't go. What is what is that monster's name? I forget the name. The leveler, right? The leveler. The leveler, which is which is just which. Okay, so if I this had... is where the major criticism of the book is. <laughs> oh, that... I think we were both about to jump in at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just wanted to go warn our it. audience that a lot of people yeah. are going after this element of the book, and I yeah. think. I think it's unfair. I mean, mm-hmm. I know there's not a lot of description, but it's this is a big deal. This is something that can disrupt force use and you don't want to name it like the Yuzong Vong and you want to draw it out, make it mysterious. If any monster movie has yeah. taught us anything, especially going back to Jaws, the less you show a monster, the right. scarier that monster is. The second you start describing it and showing it and naming it, and giving it form and shape, right. it just becomes a rat tar that you can just kill. Right. 
Yeah. Right? Like, like right. I, there's a reason why I was more disturbed by the leveler than I was by three Wrath Tars rolling around the station. And I think the most we got, and I don't even know if any of the surviving Jedi figured it out, but they did figure out it's a it's a creature, like it's an animal. It's right. a thing. It's a, so yeah, let's, jump, it's let's jump through the story. Poor so we, we get to the story. They yeah. bring in some. They bring in some Nile prisoners. Uh, non uh, Nan, um, uh, non Chancey Yarrow. Like uh, yep. <laughs> um, you just made me hungry. Uh, then they meet I up know. with other Nile later, Kale and Liel and some mm, other. Non- yeah. Well, um, and they sabotage the station, massive explosion. And then we have Jedi exploring the kind of aftermath of the explosion, maintenance tunnels and whatnot. Yeah. That's where you get this leveler, this creature attacking Jedi, killing them, petrifying them. Um, it's and but they all hallucinate and, you know, before they die. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, it's like Medusa for Jedi. Yeah. Oh, like you, yeah. If, if yeah, you I mean, see really. it, you're dead. Like that's. Yep. It. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's also it, outside the force. It's also like outside the purview of the force, which is like, I mean, it's, that, I think it's, the newest, most interesting, most compelling um, concept. In I the mean, book. it's, 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 yeah, it's use on Vong. It's exactly how the use on Vong are described. I'm not saying that they're, it's going to be use on Vong, but I, I like that idea. I like that they borrowed or, or parallelly came up with that idea of this, of things that right. aren't visible in the force. From the like rising storm, or where was the first time we see it? Did actually we saw it in Light of the Jedi, didn't we? No, it was. Is that the first place? It was it no, it was in Rising Storm. The uh, Barshan Ron was on a hunt for it, and then we see it at the very, very end after Loden Gray's storm oh, kind right. of escapes for a little bit, and then right, gets it's the second tossed. book. Yeah, it's right towards the end that we I, actually see it. I thought it was described as kind of like a hellhound, because like when he releases it to go, yeah. Cause it is Hound of Baskerville esque. I must say, I yeah, think it, what, seems to, it seems to listen to him or something. It definitely does. I think what we're getting when we see descriptions is, I think what they're going for is that everyone who sees it sees it differently. Does that make sense? Like they have their own description yeah. of it. Well, except it's just like falling and dying. But it does seem to like sink its fangs right. into you or something. These cold fangs, yeah. Like you turn icy and then. This cold, it's hungry, obviously. Hungry, hunger, yeah. yeah. Hunger is something all the Jedi sense before they perish. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's there like are... It, it's like a, a Jedi, it's like a Force eater, or a Jedi eater. Yeah. I, mean, I think there was, like, rumors of that, right, for um, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, uh, yeah, There was going to be, like, yeah. a Jedi eater, I think. was It was going to be a machine or something, but this is, like, an organic thing that, like, literally just consumes the Force out of Jedi. And the whole life force out of thing, like, but it leaves like regular people, like you know, normal people alone. It's wild. And, and she uses kind of like high flutin verbs, like when she describes the mute, the movement, like it's roiling towards us. Like you wouldn't normally use that word, but like, right. it's like I, I looked it up too. It's like a muddy liquid expanding kind of like um, definition, right. and I was like. Okay, like it's it's just it's very amorphous right now, and it's interesting that they're keeping it amorphous for this long because in Rising Storm there was also zero descriptions of this. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, so like a book and a half. So a lot of a lot of readers are just getting kind of upset. I think they're kind of wearing thin with uh, who's why is it killing them? What is it? Where is it from? Why is you know, like too many have died at this point. We need like a little bit of information. 
But I mean, I'll point you to the comics. There's a Trail of Shadows comic that I think is delving deep into yeah. the leveler. There's other material coming up that's going to. We have you know, there are the three books coming that might be all about the leveler and where it comes from and what it means. Um, yeah, there's I a mean, lot coming. The most important plot point about it for this book, though, is an aspect that I don't really think they went into much in the last one, which was that its mere presence disrupts the force. It's like. It like it severs your connection to the force by proximity. It doesn't even need to be right near you. Like being on the space station with it, it was like everyone got like the force plague and couldn't yeah. use the force, which is like the only way that this level of disruption could have occurred on the space station um, was if if they had this sort of disruption. Otherwise, everyone's force sensitivity would have been like mm-hmm. something's going wrong in, you know, the loading dock. We need to get mm-hmm. that out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of community. I mean, yeah. There's What's... communication disruptions all around in the force. You know, actual <laughs> right. comms going down. Like, As no, we know, Starlight that can mean Beacon needed. Starlight thing. Beacon needed yeah. a bibble. Yeah. It needed a and side bibble. They would have understand. Yeah. It, can, it only means <laughs> one thing. Know. It only means Invasion. one thing. <laughs> it can only mean one thing. I love that we were all trying to be the first one to get there. And I'm like, I'm just going to talk. I would, to yeah. one. I'm going to get Gr- there. Grant, get Grant. Yeah. He needed he a bibble. I was just like, side bibble. <laughs> um what's oh. interesting is that on wikipedia rule guys sorry <laughs> the bibble rule i love it um wikipedia does not have this as the great leveler it just has it as a nameless creature and that's similar to the leveler and that there were multiple ones released on starlight beacon um that makes I, sense because it like cuts away from Orla to like a cargo bay scene where like a latch opens or something. Oh no, that's later in the book when a it ship. It is. I have a feeling that this is just because I mean, I mean, let's be honest, Wikipedia is not like it, it's not like it's not run by Star Wars. So, I have a feeling this is going to be something that when we check back after things have been explained that it's all going to be the great leveler, right? Like it has to be the great leveler. Well, so there's many of them. It's not just yeah. It's true. We the have level. learned yeah. that there there were many on that ship, and then uh, mm-hmm. ultimately we find out Markion says, "I know where to get more." Which I was like, "No, <laughs> I thought <laughs> like we were done with this." I'm like, "At least they're gone." Yeah. No, we we haven't. I you know, ever since he said that, Adam, that it was like the you know the ultimate destruction of the Jedi. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, because they say that in the book. Markion's like, that's my next stop. Like, you think this is something? My next thing will be destroying the Jedi. I'm like, you're not gonna destroy the Jedi guy. Like, you're, no. But I think they might actually go there. Like, what if they actually yeah. shatter the order, and then that's what that is the thing that they have to rebuild back from. And that's we, true. you know, I mean, just the whole element of the Force and the nature of the Force and that the Jedi have the whole dogma of the Jedi. You know, and it, they have to rebuild themselves. It's very telling that the Jedi that we know to have survived into the prequel era are nowhere to be seen currently. Like <laughs> right. Yoda's gone. There, yeah, there, well, there's a lot of Yoda on, in this like, book, a beach actually. somewhere. There's a good amount of Yoda in this book. Orla Jureni recalls a moment with Yoda oh, and yeah. she dies, but, basically. Yeah, uh, but not not like, but he's not there. there or no, he's not in the book. Oh, flashback. Uh, yeah. He's just still recalling yeah. moments with him. Um, there are like some setups that I think could that we could look at when we think about the leveler. Like Ty York's a monster hunter, yep. major character. Mm, yeah, I like um, call. Why why wouldn't she seek out the leveler and take it out? Uh Avar Chris with her battle meditation, I imagine that's gonna come into play at some point again. They sort of like 
her ability to connect all the yeah. Jedi together. She's going to break through this cloud of the, of the dark side or whatever this this force that seems to be um, the whatever whatever the the force field that the leveler is generating. She's going to do something to to break that. I imagine. Yeah. I Brandon, hope. Can we step back for a second? Like I think you're yeah. onto something there because like we got a lot of Elzar man in this this thing. Like yeah. he's the he's the main POV. Yeah, he is. Bar. And uh, but he has a connection with Ty Yorick and they make quite a team. And he's like, OK, this is a beast. We learned that. He's like, I'm yeah. going to go get the best beast hunter I know. And then and then bring her back into the Jedi fold. And um, yeah, that could be that could be a way mm-hmm. they strike back at the level. Yeah, I speaking of Elzar, man, I this is kind of a. a we're going to I'll make a bit of a connection. I just read the newest Star Wars main run comic, so it's not within the the High Republic, but Luke actually meets Elzar man, or a, there's a whole plot where he gets sucked into a living planet, and this planet ego, <laughs> right? Yeah, ego, the living planet. Right. Anyone who gets in this fungus planet, their memory is encased there, so he gets sucked in, and Elzar man had visited there at some point, so he gets to sit down and have a conversation with him, and there's oh, this amazing wow. moment where he talks about like, well, I've only known three Jedi, and he's like, well, Yoda, and Elzar man's like. Oh yeah, Yoda, and they have this kind of funny conversation of like, <laughs> he was already crabby when when I had him. I can't imagine how how crabby he is two hundred years later. <laughs> Mentions Obi Wan nothing, and he goes, and then Anakin, um, who was a fallen Jedi or Jedi who went bad, and there's this moment of Elzer Mang just goes, yeah, that happens sometimes. It was just this really amazing moment that I was just oh, like, wow. and actually like that's what I love with this cross pollination stuff where I'm like, oh, that gave me a little bit of chills of just Elzar Man's memory just going, yeah, we we go bad sometimes. Like, he, he, would he would understand. He would understand a Jedi going to the dark side. But coming back, you know, yeah. and that's yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's ambiguous enough where it's like it could have been his like could have been him or it could have been someone else he knows, yeah. but it was just a nice little moment. Yeah, but he could have just been talking about um, Rising Storm, where he was like mm-hmm. dipped into the dark side for a second and like worked to come back. You know what would be really yeah. impressive is if the Jedi somehow had to use the dark side to destroy this threat in some way. Like, yeah, like I'm wondering if you get that, that with some of them really cool. t- quote unquote oh, taint wow. themselves. That's really cool. A greater good <laughs> argument. <laughs> yeah, right? greater yeah. Good. yeah, yeah, that would be really. That would be great because I'm just like. Their whole thing is like we can't kill these Nile because yeah, yeah. they're living beings. And I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and then, but like, what if they go a step further? It's like they start going down that path, and then they're like, well, you know, the only way to kill this leveler is if we use the dark side. And it's like, but you know, and it's like suddenly this this slide, and it, I mean, really showing you like why one step towards the dark side is one step too far. Right. You know? Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. That's the main lesson is that. It's miraculous that person can come back if they do have to go there, you know, to stop. Yeah. The they mentioned it in this book, too, you know, where it's just like and I mean, I think they put an exclamation point on it. With Elzar, which is like he made all this progress. You were just like rooting for him. He was doing all the right things. And mm-hmm. at the end, he had one slip and yep. lost his friend. Life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of people, their lives, you know. Yeah. We just don't. But yeah. Yeah. So I. Anyway, after- in a moment that is like brutal in its description of just yeah cut a person in half and <laughs> yeah yeah i saw yeah. that coming from a country mile too and yeah. Was, oh, <laughs> yeah um so after leveler takes out the people we can get into spoilers i think at this point i mean i think we, we're well there i think we've right. yeah we're already like then then a major explosion erupts and starlight beacon severs in half 
Uh, we talked yep. about this earlier, but it's it's just it's an incredible moment. Um, just the descriptions there with like the, the the ground shaking, the groaning beneath their feet, the banging above them, the mm-hmm. just like it felt like you know a nonstop plane crash, like the entire yeah. Time. yeah. Yes. Right. It's yeah. like a slow motion plane crash. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then you find out that, uh, you know, Aram, Aram's gravity has now begun its pull on the space station. Yeah. And like, Leox actually gives us that information, which is pretty cool. It's cool yeah. to actually have him break down a lot of the technical beats in the book. Yeah. Uh, Leox uh, Giasi. He's a yep. really Matthew fun character. Matthew McConaughey. Really awesome character for exposition. Like yeah. one of the best characters for exposition. I've I've you know read in a book thus far, and also ton of heart and um like the the thermal detonator <laughs> segment was hilarious, amazing, <laughs> um yeah and then so then it's just a scramble for survival um all across the station um should we pour one out for the ones who got husked the Jedi oh, yeah. masters I mean, do we have thirty seven beers. Oh my god! We had talked about before the show, like doing a shot <laughs> for dead Jedi, but like that we wouldn't be able alcohol to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah, we would get alcohol poisoning because it was like, I mean, so like, I mean, say their names, like yeah. uh, Orla Jureni, yeah, uh, Reginald Basic, Reginald Cole, Reginald Cole, yeah, yeah, um, maybe, maybe not Buriaga Agaburi. We'll, we'll count them amongst the dead for now. I think that's fair. So yeah. we Nibisik. know what yeah, yeah. Uh, Estella Maru. Yeah, Estella Maru. Don't forget Estella Maru. Um, and uh, Stellan Gias. Stellan. Right, Stellan. Big. big, big, big. big. Yeah, one of big the spoiler here. One of the Stellan three con- parts of the constellation. This is not. Um, yeah, it's already down. I'm sure someone's already made this, but if not, Ben, since you can do audio stuff. Yes. Right. Uh, can we do an in memorama like from the Oscars? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, characters' names like that can't be hard, right? We can get that music and just put but it's like it's like the Cantina it. song, but like slowed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will work on that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know we uh, yeah pour one out for all. Maybe do that. I hardly need. I feel like there's more than that. It was like, oh, another. It's like every chapter is like another Jedi. A lot. They they, they lost. Oh, well, it was almost Indira Stokes. Um, I was worried she was going to kick it, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, Buriaga lost his master. And that was like, that was tough. And then Buriaga, death by Rathar. Come on. Yeah. That's it. I kept waiting for them to get real graphic in how he was going to get killed. And then right. he just was like, I just kept waiting for him to be like ripped in half or something. Right. His arms ripped off in a like, yeah. bitter twist of irony. Um, there was a great Wookiee moment there with Buriaga where like they were sparring. And it was just the way that Claudia wrote it. Um, yeah. Where it was like he's like got uh, Bell's out of our just got staggered. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the early like, sparring oh. scene. That was fun. Yeah. And I, suddenly I felt it and I was like, oh, yeah. I mean. Actually, like we've seen it in in animation, like um, uh, Wookiee Jedi's, but like yeah. in live action, like a Wookiee, like you know, the size of Black Chrysanthemum, mm-hmm. 
with a yeah. huge lightsaber bearing all their weight into like a <laughs> yeah. against <laughs> yeah. another lightsaber, you'd just get like chucked. You'd yeah. lose. Yeah. yeah. Your yeah. arms would break. Uh, yeah. I would really love to see that in live action someday. Bells of Afar and Variaga make a great team in this book, which I think I know. Yes. throughout many chapters, it's just them working together. And they're fighting Rathars at one point, and Bells of Afar, like, goes to cut one in half. And, like, Variaga stops him from cutting it in yeah. half. And he's like, they procreate by by di- division. Like, right. And, like, and I was I like... I don't know what's going to happen if we cut one in <laughs> yeah. half, or we're just going to have two. Like, okay, right, all right. Yeah. Don't cut them Good half. point. Yeah. So at least they expanded the lore on Rathars. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Like Rathars, they are back in this book in a big they way. They are back. Have they ever gone away? <laughs> God, man, were no. they ever really? They seem here? to always be a problem. Yeah. In Star Wars Galaxy. That, it was a funny beat, though, where they were like, and I guess I kind of missed it at the beginning. They were like, what are the odds? But like they they faked on their manifest with yeah. the levelers in it that they were like yeah. they're Rathars and they parked right next to a thing with an actual those and they like actually was carrying Rathars and they're like what are yeah. the odds both of it's, these things have Rathars <laughs> yeah in that's them. right they open it they're like they're, yeah they're Rathars in here yeah, yeah and then there's it's like a bit oh, of it is Rathars yeah. we have levelers Rathars and saboteurs like it is yeah. it is a lot for the Jedi and and also I mean we talked about it, or or Grant in your summary like. The other part of Markian Rowe's uh, scheme is that he did all these other random attacks to pull all the other yeah. Jedi and all the yeah. other people away so no one could come to their yeah. rescue, which is like just really devious, right? This yeah. idea that this, yeah. And brilliant because everyone's yeah. like, what is it? I actually want to, I have a. But also yeah. send refugees to Starlight that are, um, you know, undercover, right? Are, are double agents. Yeah. It yeah, was. I mean that was pretty great. There was a great line. What they they don't show all of the attacks, but they do show one on like a thing in um, the Chesby Temple. Uh, yeah, Master like Imgri looked up and for the first time in her life said said the words "Call Coruscant." Imgri shook her head. The Force had already told her what was near. She goes, "Tell them we are gone." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, I mean that's a sick line." She's just like, "No, we're dead. Just tell yeah. them we're dead." And uh, and then yeah. like a second later they were vaporized, which is like that's some dark stuff where you can yeah. tell the future and you're like we're gonna die in three mm-hmm. seconds. Which we got a little bit of of maybe one of those in the higher public adventure books because remember they were on Takadana, yeah, and across from um, Maz's uh, castle there was a Jedi temple yeah. and the and the Nihil attacked it randomly and we didn't know why. And so right. I'm guessing that's part of that master plan, right? Like oh. they had these random attacks. So I'm sure we're going to see more of that in some of the ancillary stories yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the other attacks. Ugh. As far as like prophetic visions and stuff, we get a lot of, of that, the precognition with Elzar yep. man, like his, his, his visions, uh, the queen Fandanga of Iram or whatever, whatever her name is. Like you get, you get like beats of her, like in her people, like as if yeah. like, you see the like Elzar seeing the future and seeing the devastation and whatnot, or yeah, their planet kind of falling apart. Um, yeah, well, it was, it was really yeah, cool. it was Sewell teased it in a way when like um, Elzar was up in the top of the spire of um, yeah, of Starlight and just like broke down and started screaming, right? Not something you'd see in Star Wars, you know, usually, and like 
Yeah. But he was definitely had a vision of all this stuff happening. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was our man has a crazy line where he says, damn the Nile, damn the damn them to every hell of every mythology. Oh, right. Yeah. That's, that <laughs> line. Nice. That line's that bad. Was, but, yeah. You know, I like that one, too. Um, w- let's talk droids. Uh, sure. There is a fantastic <laughs> droid. And it actually it was mm-hmm. a beautiful, like, practical joke. JJ five, one, four, five, also known as four, five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, awesome. He's awesome. You know, for those of you that have ever played Borderlands, mm-hmm. I just had Claptrap's voice. In oh, very much so. Yeah. That's actually that's actually very similar to what they do in the audio. It's true. It's very it. close. Very yeah. Claptrap-esque. Um, and it's uh, it's a practical joke because what Elzar. Well, still in Geo's promised that he was going to be the one to take Elzar on his retreat, but he ended up sending right. Orla Jereni instead. Yeah. And so Elzar was like, thanks, chump. I thought you were a friend. Here's this gift to you. So yeah. Elzar gives him four or five. It's an administrator droid with like yep. too much pep in his step. And, the, you know, <laughs> at a the little first, extra. Yeah, he's a little <laughs> extra. At first blush, it's like, oh, OK, this guy's going to be on me all the right. time asking me for tasks. But he ends up being kind of a boss. Useful. And he survives, too, doesn't he? Well, that's the thing. He brings, the saber. He brings really, the saber at the end. That's the thing. Yeah. The, it, it's such a poignant end, right? Yeah. Because he it has was to a great tell end. Elzar, oh, Stellan gave me back, gave me that as a gift a to you. To you. Yeah, it was. It, cinematic. it did. It really yeah. did. Movie. Yeah. This droid giving someone a saber and like yep. that action is, I, it's really interesting action. Yeah. The saber hilt itself is almost an inanimate mechanism, you know, and being handed yeah. to you by a droid. That's like, this is, that's iconic. It's just, it, it's in this yeah. book. Yeah. Right. And and obviously poetic because he was like playing the practical joke in his last act. Yeah. Um, yeah. Powerful, beautiful. Um, yeah. Cinematic. Gorgeous. Uh, but he was a fantastic droid. I just want to make sure we didn't overlook four or five because he was great. Mm. Yeah. No, great. Droid. Um, and then Carmine. Carnage. Yeah. Carnage. <laughs> sorry, Carnage. It's I'm like sorry. Carnage, I keep but it's Carmine. Carmine. So I think it's like a crime droid, but like <laughs> criminal. <laughs> Oh yeah, all right, Carmine Falcone but, uh, droid. Yeah, <laughs> but it's Carnine. Uh, yeah, that's an eerie droid. That's Markion's uh, kind of assassin droid or attack or uh, defense droid. Yeah, uh, he's like first line. I love that um, that Markion went full droid ship. I would do yeah. that too. He was like so worried about like other people underhanding them. He's like, I'm going full droids, and I love Girastaros's um, like revulsion. Revulsion, pure yeah. revulsion. Like why? Like it's really considered on. Like why would you trust your life to droids piloting your ship, mm-hmm. stars? Um, because it's like just not something you'd do back then. Right. It feels organic to him though, because he's like not another mouth to feed. He's so concerned yeah. about like but resources and how much goes around. Now he can just be reckless, and there's no accountability. No. It's true. Oh, it man. also feels like it's coming from a pace of paranoia and i feel like that's going to be his ultimate downfall right uh, like yeah yeah definitely um yeah the only people on that um that ship are his um his senator road beef and um his uh Bayef, and his Bayef assistant they are fur they are far yeah yeah far that was far yeah fair i don't know I something like, yeah um 
Yeah, and she's. I look at her Thea Fur as kind of JJ five one four five's opposite number. They're sure. like both administrators, like pure administrators, doing their thing, but she does it for evil, and right. uh, you know, just to bask in the sunlight that is, or the dark sun that is, um, Marquion Row. <laughs> and five one four five just likes making things awesome. All shall know the might of the eye. Yeah. <laughs> Glory to the eye. That's the best part when the free when the uh, Nile saboteurs like meet each other and they're like, "Glory to the eye, glory to the eye." Psycho cultists. Yeah, that's good times. Glory to the eye. Yeah, well, he is indeed glorious in this man. Throws a heck of a party. For sure. So everything goes wrong. Fires everywhere, explosions, cargo bays, you know, in disarray. Uh, then the thing just careens, falls down towards the ocean. Avirim, people get out. Um, yeah, Stellan saves saves the city, anyways, with his last yeah. his last effort. Um, which is you know poetic and tough to you know to deal with, but at least he saves that poor city. And it, there's a great moment where the leaders of that city are like, yeah. you know what? You know, we could blow it out of the sky and kill all those people, but like that's not what we're about. And that was a that was a powerful moment. And he is highly responsible. He's the golden boy of the Jedi. And uh it felt it felt organic that he would go down with the ship um given that he was filling in for Avar as yeah Marshall. Well especially because yeah. his ego had been playing such a role in that yeah. book, like he just needed yeah. that that heroic moment. Yeah. Yeah, poor Stellan. I mean, yeah. he had a still the last book, he was the hero of the last book, right? That icon or um iconic but, scene where he's saving uh, yeah. Lena So. Right, right. But he uh, kind of started to buy his own hype. Yeah, he did. I loved that plot line where it's just like all, all you've been your whole life is just like you're nothing without the Jedi and without your force. And oh yeah, or like Orla just dunking on him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you've never charted your own path. You've just listened to what the Jedi tell you to do, right? Yeah. Tell you what to do, and it's like, and then it's like the Force are not the Force is not the Jedi. Like, you, like you need to understand that and. Yeah, again, the very a lot of Last Jedi sort of um, messaging coming out of Orla Jereni. Yes, book. So I hope that's where we're going next. You know that I, I I read this book and I think about what is the nature of the Jedi? Like, why do the Jedi keep doing this? Like, what are they? They're they're not thinking about the Force. They're just like caught up. They're like in the machine. They're yeah. You know, they're custodians for the rest of the of the galaxy what do you guys think uh, that the jedi are doing in the high republic their role in the high republic versus where you think they should be in the high republic is that is that an articulate enough question you know what i mean i think they're going to deal with just um kind of threats that are more anonymous and at large and and not easily identified identifiable and that's going to be this the modernized jedi that we get in the republic of the prequels is this jedi that kind of have now dealt with droid armies have now dealt with merciless suicide you know terrorists that have dealt with like threats that aren't easily accounted for threats that are kind of that uh are more complex more chaotic than than your sith you know 
Right. But I mean, just looking at what they are from what we've seen from this whole thing, like what is the Jedi's role in the galaxy? You know, like in the prequels, the downfall were like they were suddenly generals. I think they don't know by the time the prequels that the prequels. I think they're like, wow, now that the threats can get to this level, I don't really know what what we should do here because it's it's just a moral uh, conundrum. And what's interesting in the star in that star Star Wars comic main run that I was talking about, we don't know when that ghost of Elzar man is from. If that makes sense, like we don't yeah. know if it's right. before Starlight Beacon fell or after. How far in his story? But he talks to Luke about you know the Jedi are not the only game in town when it comes to the Force. He mentions that to Luke, like there are the Night Sisters. There's this. We are not the end all be all. There are other things. He also mentions that the Jedi have. He says something along the line of, and I don't have it in front of me, but that the Jedi's roles change based on what the galaxy needs. At times, we've been part of the government. At times, we've been scholars. At other times, we've been teachers. Like, and I just so I think that's part of maybe that's why I don't actually feel like it's a it's a Stellan Geos past or i'm sorry an elzar man past where we are right now that yeah. maybe that's the lesson they learn is that they have to be flexible right and they, and maybe they lose that method that message by the time we see them in the prequel era that's the thing i mean they're clearly flawed here too it's like yeah that's yeah it's what, i guess my question is where do you think what do you think of the jedi's role should be in the galaxy like i mean take it out of time you know yeah I think diplomacy and peacekeeping works great. Yeah, I, I just I think agreed. that, uh, yeah, and just given their powers, you know, like at one point in this book, Indira Stokes says, you know, with our great power comes even greater courage. Like we have to bring even greater <laughs> courage to the to this. They should, so, right, they should be NGO peacekeepers. Yeah, like 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 they should not be a military. They should not be part of the government but they should be connected enough to know what's going on and have the ability to enter into things. It's almost like where we see at the very beginning of, of episode one, right. Where they're going to try yeah. to solve a trade dispute. Great. Right. Like try to be yeah, like peacekeepers. They, it's peacekeepers, but Broker like but they exactly, should, yeah. what they should do is focus on the underrepresented and the disenfranchised yeah. Yeah. of galaxy and they don't do that what they do is right. just focus on the large bodies the big planet right. governments and corporations right. they don't focus Super on macro the, right yeah yeah they don't focus on the slaves for instance like, by the prequels, say, they're still you, you, not going to save slaves? slaves it's yeah yeah maybe slaves start Can there that that there's like some objectively bad things like <laughs> slavery like, and when we come across yeah. it we deal with it yeah, yeah. <laughs> Disagree that slavery is objectively evil, yeah. and we have the force and magic powers yeah. to do something about it. No, okay, cool. My answer is slavery. Go deal yeah. with that. Do that. Yeah, we'll talk about Let's the next. Start week. there, then yeah. we'll have a conversation after you solve that. Yeah, that's the stuff that I'm always thinking about here. It's just like, you guys, you're not like. There's a bit of hubris involved in like colonizing a new part of the galaxy. You know, like it's like, why would you? What you know? You think like. You're, you're going to go and like, oh, we're going to bring all the show you how great the galaxy is. And they're like, you know, hucksters and charlatanly like, look at how great civilization is. That's not the Jedi's role, no. you know, and yeah. I think it's like the, they yeah. have hubris here and then they're going to fall. And they certainly have hubris in the prequels where they're just like, oh, I guess we're Which... marshals of peace or like now we're generals fighting for peace in a war. 
I'm I'm wondering if they do sort of they re there's a reset here. Like what the end game of the of the High Republic arc is. Like when they finally rebuild, you know, assuming they get destroyed, uh, they're going to clearly rebuild. What do they? What you know? Pole star do they use? Guide star know. do they use? As their their ethos going forward, but it's kind of frustrating to see how scaled down. Maybe they're just it's yeah. So, I think you're right. It's right. scaled up to the point where it's like just become this giant institution, uh, industrial kind of complex of just sending Jedi yeah. all over the galaxy. Yeah. It's like ah, uh, like part of the you know pare this down. Let people discover the fort. Not everyone, no one, not everyone needs to become a Jedi. Like right. Pare it down to just the teachings and learning about the light and the light side of the force and being a sort of like wandering monks, right? Yeah, wandering I monks. I, less, I like the, what you aggressive. said, Grant. Like the the macro versus the micro. Like instead of being this like dealing with all the major issues in the galaxy, like they shouldn't be guiding that. I think they should be out in the galaxy and very well, small especially, scale, especially helping the people they're in in contact. Well, if it's inevitable that that the true Jedi is a pacifist. If that's, that's kind of where it all leads to down at the end of the road, where it's like pacifism is the key to the, 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 the light side and giving yourself to the force and all that kind of stuff. Then yeah, they should just become wandering monks and not, and get rid of the saber combat and all that stuff. Like just yeah, get rid of go that far. But okay. I, I see like that's no, no, one saying, way they that's eat, where right? that's where it seems like audiences are okay with it going, honestly. It just yeah. seems like that's where it seems like that seems to be an okay path for things to go. I'm a fan of kind of mimicking feudal Japan. I like martial yeah. Jedi's. I like saber combat. I would like more saber combat in all of my Star Wars. Yes. But like major lightsaber fights in everything I see. Um well, it's weird, right? Because I'm trying to think of like what I want philosophically and what I want out of yeah. enter- what I want <laughs> yeah. out of entertainment. Out of Star Wars, yeah, right. And entertainment, yeah. yes, Grant, 100 percent want that. I like yeah. that. It also connects okay to me. Like I don't, you know, I'm okay with it. Like, a crazy anomaly in Star Wars is like the fantastical characters are being humbled in Star Wars. Like, yeah, that's just it, they're learning lessons that are causing them to think twice about being being action heroes you know what i mean right. in any way and it's for me it's like don't humble anyone in a fictional world it's a fictional escapist right. reality right no one needs to be humbled here we can go off the wall we can go over yeah. the top it can be I, extravagant it can be extraordinary it can be heart pounding it can be yeah yeah breathtaking you know it can be everything the yeah. question Sorry, before yeah. you go on, yeah, I no, definitely go mean it within Star Wars. Like, it has yeah. to be fun, you know? Yeah. Like, but, like, what role do you think? Yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, I was going to say, so my question is, this is called the High Republic. We, we've been told it's kind of like the Jedi at their height, right? And where they are at their best. And the question that I have is, are we, like, where on the curve are we? Did did this story start at the height of the Jedi or are we following them through a low point where they're going to after this crest up to a high point? Right. Or is this just. Yeah. Is this just part of the slow decline? So it's the height of the Republic, not necessarily. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. But but I guess I guess if it's that's if that's the case, like when were the Jedi good? Because I haven't seen the Jedi 
good at anything now, I think yet. What, I think that's what Luke and Ahsoka <laughs> represent, though. Isn't that where it's all going? Is it the Jedi I, are inevitably? Yeah, I would hope so. Pure altruistic. But tell those stories then, right? Like, I want to see those yeah. stories because I've only ever seen the Jedi in the new canon, to be honest, failing. Failing. Yeah. Right. Constantly failing. Yeah, yes. it's like, let's go, let's go to where it's okay to be a martial Jedi or let's go to like pure altruist Jedi. Like the place in between yeah. is tough for us as audience because it, we realize it, we realize yeah. the failures of the Jedi in the prequels. And a lot of this is almost just commentary on the blindness of the Jedi. And I think that's wearing thin at this Which point. we got a lot in the prequels. And yeah, I'm like, we're I, good now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, right. I'm okay with these stories. I just would also like, like, I understand nothing lasts forever. There's entropy in the galaxy. The Jedi's powers and abilities right. are going to wax and wane. But right. I'd love to see and them it, at their height. You know, to tell me some well, stories. That's, that's, where I th yeah. that's where I think they're going. And Interesting. I, I, All right. I, I hope the, so. I think that's like where we're going to end up here. I think it's just going to be a reset. So right now we're in a yeah. dark point. Then they're going to be at this this altruistic point or, a, you know, great point for the Jedi. And then it's going to come back around for the prequels, right? Like another 200 years and they mess it right. up again. But yeah. it, I think the the best thing, like I, I enjoy martial Jedi. I love the fact that they are, you know, have lightsabers and do lightsaber conduct and defend the weak and do all that. Yep. But I, I, I think the main difference is that they need to completely like separate themselves from the politics and the ruling yeah. class and like really concern themselves with the force. Like just think about the force. Like they, all they do, like their only concern, it shouldn't be the matters of, of beings in the galaxy and trade routes or anything of that. Like they should be thinking about the force at all times and, and, you know, maintaining balance and then, and then helping the weak on a micro level, not a macro level, like not trying to sway the tide, you know, like we're, you know, like Elzar man, instead of trying to push the waves, the ocean to be which way you want it to be, you need to work within the ocean, which way it's flowing, but help as, you know, as many people as you can, you know, on a person to person basis. I don't know. I, yeah. I think that's where it's going, but it's just and just ultimate peacekeeping might involve delving into both light and dark just because you might want to learn new t tactics like you don't want to hurt someone in a choke, but maybe you want to do a stasis on someone, you know, during right. when things go bad. Right. You want to hurt them like maybe there's a whole school of thought that hasn't been invented yet in terms of like the ultimate peacekeeping school of thought and right. and, and tactics and whatnot. And that. That might involve both sides of the force. It might be. It might involve getting kind of strange with their doctrine, and uh, you might get something that's more like a Herbert Dune type organization. Mm, right. you, then but you have a Lucasian yeah. sort of thing. But those are the kind of challenges I think Jedi should be facing. Right, things that involve the force, the light side and the dark side, and yeah, you know, mm. what's how do you you know use one to help the overall light of the Jedi, you know, or the the yeah. light of the the force of the galaxy. Which, it seems to be their history, right? I mean, we know that the Jedi Temple on Coruscant's built on top of a dark force nexus, yeah. right? Like they, there's clearly in their history they went around cleansing areas of the dark side, right? Like so, so there was a time mm. that they were focused, seems like solely on issues of the force. Yeah. I think that's a head, honestly. I think what you're talking about, Ben, mm, like yeah. head. I'm talking past the sequel trilogy. I'm talking whatever whatever oh. Luke was sort of catching on to, whatever Ahsoka's chasing. I think there's something there. There's something that's like we don't have to be a temple that teaches saber combat and being a warrior. It, it's more of like just being attuned. Mm. 
I'd still like the saber combat, but yes, no, 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 yeah, yeah, definitely saber combat. And that's where I'm at. No one's arguing against. Yeah, I mean, saber even combat. In all these hundreds of years of peace, they still did saber combat. Just like, well, we need to defend the weak, right? So might as well use laser swords because it's. We awesome. gotta have fun at the end of the day. Like, I guess it's so weird to me that they do that. It's like, <laughs> like there's that doesn't happen ever. Like, but anyway, did we cover this book, guys? Did I we think do so. I think we did, and then some. And then some. Yeah. Um, it was a lovely book. It was a fantastic read. I'm glad it was. We we got a chance to read it. I uh, do. Yes. I do want to throw in one last comment, which is I I almost wish there was one Jedi who was able to kind of pierce through the eyes plan and sort of be obsessed with hyperspace travel or path yeah. and, and sort of figure out a way to to get to Marchion. And so I think ha- I agree. Right. I think having a parallel story. Yeah. Where there was this, maybe a lone Jedi just it could be one this, master the, apprentice, yeah, yeah, who even didn't wasn't reporting back, so you can kind of keep it separate. They didn't know, but they're on their own little hunt, and then Something. yeah, I would have I would have enjoyed that because having them so unaware of him and so obsessed with Lorna D, it just it just got to the point of like, come on, there's not one Jedi who who figured it out who was right. you know yeah. What's great is it could be like a Qui Gon or a Ty York, yeah, kind of detached from exactly. The which is yeah. which would be fun because it's considered that's another, whack or have, not really you have yeah. you have the uh, the majority jedi story you have the villain story and then it's fun to have rogue jedi rogue villain characters yeah. you know what i mean like the, yeah. so it'd be fun it would be fun that'd be super all right we did it um thanks everyone for uh listening this week hope you enjoyed the book if you read it hope you enjoyed our recap if you didn't um and uh we will talk to you again next week please check out our uh, book of boba fett review for episode three that also came out this week um if you like boba fett which is all of you i assume um all right great job we'll talk to you next week may the force be with you this is grex Kondak signing off for the latest breaking news follow at core world news on twitter and instagram thank you and good night remember the force will be with you always.